Hello, church family. Today we're going to look at Acts chapter 20, verse 25 to 38. Uh, as we look through this portion, uh, this is in a lot of ways, it, it reminds us of the role of the pastor and the role of the shepherd, and that is to guard and protect the flock. Uh, it's very easy uh, for pastors, especially nowadays, to find different things they like to do, some People proclaim to be pastors, but they do a lot more administrative and event coordinating. But I think if you look at biblically, the pastor, the main role and responsibility of the pastor is to uh, shepherd the flock of God through the teaching of God's word. And that's how you protect them, you guard them. Uh, this is the, you know, the joy and privilege of all pastors, uh, but it's not an easy thing to do. And part of it is because it's uh, it's it's hard to sometimes discern the difference between the false gospel and the true gospel, and then when there's new waves of things, there's there's always a threat that's coming, and and pastors are always vigilant and have to be attentive to the things that are around them, so they could guard their flocks uh, both from within and from without. And I think this that's what the I think the main point of this section here is to summarize. This is really about Paul saying goodbye to Ephesus, and he warns them of what is to come. And um, and I hope as we go through this that we uh, we see just like the role of all Christians, uh, but particularly pastors as they uh, go, uh, you know, they, as they think about ministry. Because Paul here is warning people in the church. He's warning those that elders and really to all of us to, uh, to guard and protect the flock. Um, as I go through this, uh, uh, hopefully I can draw some principles for us to think about uh, today. So let's start, uh, verse 25. And now, behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will no longer see my face. Now again, just bringing back to a big picture of this uh, passage here. This is Paul's third missionary journey. And at this point, he's leaving Ephesus. This is a church that that meant a lot to him. Uh, he, he, uh, he, he, he evangelized, he raised up the elders here, and um, he taught them, uh, he, and you know, he, he has a very unique bond with them. I mean, the book of Ephesus shows you how much he loves this church. And he tells them that he, he, uh, he, he, they know that he preached uh, the kingdom of God to them and, he, and that they will no longer see his face. So there's a lot of ways this is Paul's um, goodbye letter and Paul's ministry is over with them. Uh, the Apostle Paul, is, is he's going from church to church, planting, uh, or going place to place and planting church to church, is raising up elders, and he feels moved by the Lord to go to another place. So that's what's going on. He's saying his goodbye here, and he's telling them that you're not, you'll no longer see my face. And you know, that's a very sad thing if you think, you know, if we love our pastors, it's always going to be difficult to see them go. And, I, and, you know, just hearing the history of our church, I've heard about Pastorson planting churches here and there, and every few years he's moving somewhere else. And I would only imagine how difficult that is, is to see this church grow and develop and then moving on to somewhere else to start a church. And there are just uniquely gifted men that can do stuff like that. And Paul is one of those people like that. He's uh, raising up the church, the, the elders are there, and he's, this is his final message. He's telling them that he's no longer going to see them anymore. I don't know if this is prophetic in that way, that you know, he'll never see them ever again in this lifetime, but it just seems that at least for now, he won't, they won't be able to see him. Verse 26, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Now that, this is very fascinating, because this is really a reference to Ezekiel, where God warns Ezekiel that, hey, do you, you as a watchman, you need to warn people. If you don't warn people, and then there's something bad happens and the blood's on your hand, 
But if you warn them and then they and then something bad happens to them, then the blood is not in your hand. This is the reference that Paul is making here, that he's innocent of all the blood of all men. He's preaching to both the Jews and Gentiles, and some of them accepted and others rejected. And in his conscience, he's clear that he is not held accountable for the rejection of God. He did all that he was supposed to do. He, he, he witnessed to everyone that he came, they came across, and he has a clear conscience as he's leaving this place. Now I wonder just about you, if you think about your own life, in the, in the area that you live, in the relationship you have, can you say that with a clear conscience? That in the time that I have with the relationship that God has given me, that I've shared the gospel with everyone and anyone that came to my past. Uh, you know, some people, uh, you may have friends that are in, only in your life for a season, but for those relationships, did you were you faithful in sharing the gospel with them so that they can come to saving faith? Are you innocent of the blood of all men in your life? If not, then that's something you know, that you want to think about, about how you can change that, that you want to, in your conscience, be clear of uh, not having any regrets. You, know, you don't have any regrets of not sharing the gospel with anyone. Verse 27, For it did not shrink away from declaring the whole uh, purpose of God. Uh, some translations use the whole counsel of God or uh, you know, everything in Scripture. And again, like I said earlier, in, in, I think in the previous episode, where uh, Paul wasn't afraid of talking on any topic. He was willing to teach on everything, the difficult things, the easy things, the things that are good to hear, and things that are hard to hear. He taught everything that, uh, that God wanted them to learn. Verse 20, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the flock, the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So this is a warning. He's telling them to, to protect them, and he's telling them to, to shepherd them. And how does he shepherd them? It's mainly through the preaching of God's word. It's through God's word that the people know and can discern right and wrong. And, and this is a command here, is to be on guard. He's telling them to, to, to be an example to them and, uh, and to teach them. Be among the people and, and, and you teach them and live a godly life before them. Now, this is a warning for all of us that aspire to be you know, pastors one, <clears throat> one day, you might see that you need to guard your own life first before you go and shepherd other people and, and guard them. Uh, you need to make sure that one of the things that about seminary that they taught us is like, don't, don't, you don't need to uh, try to grow to be a pastor, just be the pastor. Uh, you don't need to try to aspire to the shepherd, just be the shepherd. So in the same way, in terms of the qualifications, you don't need to just think, oh, one day I'll get there. So you need to start there now and then you just grow in those areas and that's how you guard yourself you constantly look at yourself you look at your doctrine and this is paul's warning even to timothy he tells uh timothy to like to guard himself to make sure that his doctrine is right and this is all intentional because if we fail in our uh, life that means we'll probably fail in our doctrine and if we fail in our doctrine it most likely means we'll fail in life as well and this is important because it's the church that's ransomed and purchased with the blood of his of Jesus Christ. So that, in other words, the church is valuable. It's not something that um, you know is the most valuable thing you can think of. And it's an extreme privilege for those that are leading over different fellowship groups or you know Bible studies that that uh, that you take care of them, that you guard them from false teaching. Verse twenty-nine. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among yourselves, men will rise speaking perverse things to draw the disciples after them. Now you notice there's this contrast here. So there's going to be some that's among you, uh, and then there's going to be some uh, among, oh, uh, like among your own selves. Meaning that there's going to be one just people, people that just come into your life, and those ones that are come from within your church. 
So there's those outside the church and inside the church. And Paul's saying that, yeah, there are going to be savage wolves. There's going to be saying bad things that are not uh, aligned with Scripture, speaking perverse things to just draw people away from the, the truth. And again, this is not new. Right? When we, when we uh, come through the book of Jude at our church, we saw that there was always going to be people trying creeping in into the church with the intent to draw people away. And there's often some sort of sin. Like People don't deny the faith for piety. You know, people don't leave Christianity so they can live an even holier life. People only live Christianity, leave Christianity because they want to live a life of sin. And oftentimes they'll make a theology around their sin so that they can justify it, so they can um, even celebrate their sin. And Paul's warning them that there are going to be people coming within the church that's going to do just that. Verse 31, therefore be on the alert. Remember, remembering that night and day for a period of three years I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. Paul here spent uh, you know, every single day just teaching them God's word, preaching to them, shepherding them with the, with the word of God, <coughs> warning them of the things that is to come that's dangerous. And, uh, and he did it with tears because uh, he, he loves them and he doesn't want to see them fall away or be, t- or be uh, tricked into some sort of false gospel. Verse 13, Now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. What Paul's trying to say here is that he's praying for them. He's saying, I commend you to God. He's, he's, he's basically praying like, look, your hands, your life is in God's hand. And the only thing he hopes for is that the, God's, the, the word of God will build them up. And really, God's word is what gives us security. Because we know that without God's word, we're, we, have, we have nothing. And God's word helps us know him more. Verse 33, I have covered no one's silver or gold or clothes. And again, this is a qualification of elder that they're not, you know, they're not a lover of money. So Paul said, like, look, I didn't take anything from anyone. We even see it early on in, in Paul's missionary journey that he actually, you know, he was working. He was a tent maker. It took him a while before the church was willing to support him. But for a while, he was, you know, he had to, there were times he was part-time ministry and they had to full-time work. Other times, full-time ministry. Either way, he was someone that uh, didn't take anything from other people. 34. You yourself know that these hands minister to my own needs and to the men who were with me, and everything I showed you by the working, by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that He Himself said, "It is more blessed to give than to receive." Now this is really fascinating because he's he's essentially quoting something from Jesus that that's not even recorded in Scripture, and this is one of the coolest statements that Jesus at some point has said. That is better as more to get better give and receive, and we can see instances in the gospel that actually alludes to it. But this is ministry, and all gospel ministry in the church is about giving yourself to other people. There is no such thing as a ministry that's self-serving. That's not ministry. That's just indulgence. And if you think about why anyone does the ministry, if you just look around, like our children's ministry, our counseling ministry, our outreach ministry. They're all self-giving. Every like AV ministry, nursery, preaching, um, everything that we have in the church going on. It's not to it's not to put one person in the pulp in, in the spotlight. It's all of us doing things to serve other people. We do all of these things with that goal to to, to be a blessing from the Lord to other people. We're using the spiritual gift that God has given us, and we want to minister to other people. And it says here that. You know, this is the word of the Lord. It says, better to give than to receive. And, know, and who uh, else gives given such a better example than our, than our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ gave his whole life to, um, to, the, uh, 
He gave the whole life to the, um, to, for, for the church, for his disciples. And, uh, and the, the result of that is that people uh, have, have redemption now because of Jesus Christ willing to give up his life for those that are undeserving. Verse 36, when he said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Verse 37, and they began to weep aloud and embrace, embrace Paul and repeatedly kissed him, grieving specially over the word which he had spoken, that they would not see his face again, and they were accompanying him to the ship. And this is just a very sad uh, story be, or ending because they had to, they're not going to see Paul anymore. And this is not a time with social media or cell phones or anything like that. So his last time to see him, I think the book of Ephesus was written afterwards. And um, Paul, well, you know, the greatest gift that he offered to the church was the teaching of God's word. They had a master teacher um, outside of Jesus Christ. He was a shepherd. He cared for them three years. It's like the same amount of time that Jesus cared for the, his disciples. And he was there, and now he has to go. Now, you think that uh, this church, Ephesus, would be so great because they had such a good teacher like Paul. But we know by the time in Revelations chapter 2 that that's not the case. And now, Revelation chapter 2, this is like maybe 60 years after, uh, after the book of Acts. And it's such a sad ending for the church of Ephesus. It says here in uh, uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 2, I know your deeds and your, uh, and your toil and, perse and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil, thing, evil men. You put, a, put to the test those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you found them to be false. So they, the, the church, you know, they were, they were still able to discern right and wrong. Uh, just like how Paul said, hey, you make, make sure that uh, you keep those, uh, you, you guard the flock, you keep those that try to speak perverse things away, you keep those things out. And verse three, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 3, and you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have left your first love. That is so sad when you think about it. This church that had Paul as a minister who taught them so much, they were able to still do what Paul said in terms of defending God's word. But one thing that they lacked was that they lacked the love for God himself. Now, this can be a temptation for us, too. You know, we can be like Ephesus as a church. There can be seasons of our life where we are so good at knowing and defending God's word, but it is completely offensive to the Lord if we do not love him. God calls Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2 to repent, to go back, to return, and, and, uh, and go back to the love that they once had for the Lord. And my challenge to you as you're listening to this, when you think about your own life and your own walk, you know, yes is one thing to know God's word. Yes is one thing to defend God's word. Yes is another thing to, to guard the truth. But those things mean absolutely nothing if your heart has gone cold to the Lord. So my question for you is, have your love to the Lord gone cold? You know, like, it doesn't matter if you can guard the flock. And yes, that's good to do. But if you do it out of, not, out of duty as opposed to a love for the Lord, then the Lord is not pleased with that. So I guess my warning uh, for today as you think about the rest of the day is like, do you have a genuine love for the Lord? Is he the one that you desire more than anything? And, uh, you know, some people can start the race well, but they can also end very poorly. I mean, we see this as like a, a warning to us that, yes, we can have good teachers, but we can always end poorly. They hold on to that love, not just the doctrine <coughs> or defending the faith, but hold on first and foremost to the love of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great day.